you're listening to the Future Cities Podcast, proudly supported by WSP Opus, creating what matters for future generations. In this episode of the WSP Opus Future Cities Podcast, Head of Specialist Services Kezia Lloyd envisions quieter future cities that have to be designed around the inhabitants rather than buildings. If Kezia does her job properly, you'll end up with a much better night's sleep. My name's Will Fleming. Welcome to the podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm Kezia Lloyd. I am the uh, head of specialist services here in Auckland. Um, and I am an acoustic engineer by, uh, by training and by experience. Um, studied here in Auckland University doing mechatronics engineering and have picked up acoustics for the last 12 years and taken it around the world. Why'd you choose this field? Um, there's a, there's a joke around acoustic engineers that we're all failed musicians, and uh, that's true for me. <laughs> I'm, I, um, I enjoy playing a lot of music, but I'm not very good at it, so I found another outlet for it, and that my interest in acoustics came through. <laughs> Restaurants seem to be louder than ever. We've heard of an app that helps you find quiet places. I mean, could you kind of talk to this idea of um, these places being incredibly noisy and, and you know, um, what that means and why should we be looking for somewhere more quiet? What's the balance? So um, restaurants um, are, they, they can be quite noisy. Um, the, the point behind that is that uh, the architecture has changed over the last couple of years. They used to be very, you know, tapestries and carpets and plush furnishings. And, um, and these days with, you know, hard wooden furnishings that have nice clean lines and that, and with higher ceilings, with us removing ceiling tiles and that, it's, um, they're very um, more vibrant and um, people do find that um, they've got what we call the cafe effect where you have um, <clears throat> people not being able to hear, therefore they speak louder, therefore the people next to them can't hear as well, so they speak louder and it just continues and continues until you've got quite a raucous uh, environment. And um, the... Uh, the only way of dealing with that really is to provide additional acoustic finishes to the space, and that is, you know, um, you know, we can add ceiling panels, wall panels. Um, we can provide things that are a bit more like soft finishings, like curtains and things like that. Um, but it all depends on the architectural aesthetic intent of that space. We don't want to go and tell the architect they need to turn it into an old 1800s pub. To control the noise, like that's not what we want to do, but um, uh, work with them to, to um, solve those problems. Um, but the, you know, we do want to still strike a balance and retain some of the noise, so it's got the liveliness to the space and actually draws people into it and want to want to socialise there. Have you used the app about, you know, is that interesting for you to find the most quiet place, or is that something that you think people want? Um, some people want it, and I think um, there's people with you know hearing um, difficulties that certainly want to find the the quietest place because they can't be part of the conversation unless they can actually hear what people are saying. So it excludes people um, if we can't um, have them listening in and understanding, being able to join the conversation. So um, there's certainly people that want that to to combat that um and i personally don't enjoy it um it's not because i'm getting old and crotchety it's just because actually it's um I, i'd rather have a conversation than just um stand around and 
have a drink in my hand. Um, so yeah, I, I would certainly use it. I don't think we have it in New Zealand yet though. No. <laughs> what about this idea that um, you know things are functional but they look ugly? I mean, have you been kind of thinking about, or you and the team thinking about getting the balance right between it works, it keeps the unnecessary noise down, but it also looks pleasant? Yeah. So in terms of um, reverberation and controlling reverberation through surface finishes, the there is a whole range of products out there that go from you know things that you can't actually you wouldn't notice in a space through to things that become a feature of the space and uh, we work with the architects and to understand what their architectural intent is of the space how they actually want it to look and feel and we can provide them with options and help them solve that problem um, uh, and and actually still deliver what they, they're trying to achieve in, in terms of the visual aspect of the space. But yeah, it's a, it's a balance to be struck between the two, um, the two groups there. So what about children? I mean, we know schools are kind of notoriously loud. If you've, mm-hmm. you remember the, the old kind of assemblies and, you know, it kind of builds really quickly as well. But is there kind of evidence around or a conversation around that having better acoustics, a better acoustic environment is better for learning and, and why should our classrooms care about that kind of stuff? Yeah, with being able to hear what's being said, children can greater, can understand what is being told to them and therefore they will be absorbing the, the information better. Um, I read a statistic that, that you know kids spend 70% of their day in the classroom of actually um, listening. So um, you know that's a lot of time that they need to be absorbing some some um, knowledge. Um, if they can't hear it properly, then they're clearly not going to be learning, um, and they might be disruptive to the rest of the class because they're you know bored or, or something. Um, so there's two incredible reasons why I need to make sure they can hear. Um, now the reason why they might be finding it difficult to hear is because um, children's brains haven't fully developed their um, their hearing. Um, areas <laughs> until they're about 15 and um, so and then there's another reason for that as well they that our brains actually as adults we interpolate a lot of the sound that we hear into language um, we might only hear part of the sound and then we will interpolate it into words and we as we understand them um, so children don't have the same experience in language as an adult so therefore they can't do that interpolation as um, as easily so um, it's very important for a child to be able to hear and be able to understand they need to be able to um, that the signal that they that they receive needs to be very clear and it needs to be um, you know just absolutely clear with very little distraction so in a classroom environment we need to bring down the background noise level and increase the signal and the speech that they actually hear to be able to ensure they can actually learn properly. And for the teacher too, right? And for the teacher, yeah. Because if they aren't going to be able to hear you, if the child can't hear the, t- the student, they're going to be disruptive. They need to um, start sh- talking louder. And then they'll end up with vocal strain, which is a, um, a problem for teachers. Is there a difference between sound and noise? And uh... There is. Um, so we, we define noise as um, unwanted sound. Unwanted sound being um, things like um, things that will be disruptive to you, things that put you on edge, uh, anything like that. But again, noise and sound is a subjective thing. Someone's, someone's sound might be somebody else's noise. 
So speaking of noisy environments like hospitals, um, it says here patients can lose up to two hours of sleep every night. Um, this can trigger a host of other problems like high blood pressure. What would you suggest to be a solution to making a hospital kind of, you know, more of a restful environment? Yeah, so hospitals, and this isn't just exclusively hospitals, also residential spaces as well. Sleep deprivation is a big problem, um, and and it's actually a health problem, um, and it's one of the reasons why in hospitals it's so critical um, is to make sure people can get adequate sleep. Um, lack of sleep, um, you know, corresponds to high stress levels, um, and and essentially, what you end up having is people not being able to function properly. Um, Obviously, this is much more critical in, hosp in hospital than it is in residential. But in hospitals, what we can do about that is, is actually, in, in more recent things, there is technology that can be um, used to um, to minimise noise. So we've got lots of monitors and lots of beeping and things happening in activity, which is just part of the functionality of, of the hospital. But um, you know, reducing that through um, using um, instead of like replacing overhead PA systems with uh, personnel um, um, headphones and headsets and um, you know monitors could be um, and beeps and alarms can be set outside the room or on a mobile device so there's plenty of technology out there at the moment that can help reduce it but some of the biggest things is actually just being you know some of the real common sense things like you know making sure the cups aren't squeaky and making sure we're using quiet um, door hardware um, so when people open the door it doesn't just make a loud um, noise so there's uh, plenty of stuff there that can be done um, and I believe it's becoming more and more thought of in the health industry and people are actually thinking they need to manage this as well it's an active management thing I wonder what happened in the past people just did stuff or was the optics optimised instead mm -hmm. of the, you know all of this other stuff because we wouldn't have known this is research right that yes. helps us understand this yes, it's not yeah. it's not easy to know that's a thing no. why someone's waking up yeah so there has been a lot of research um, the World Health Organisation actually just updated their um, uh, the guidelines around noise and um, and it's all about you know sleep deprivation and, and how how people are being woken up in the night and that kind of thing What's one of the favourite projects or things you've worked on at mm. WSP Opus? There was an education project I was working on in Australia, um, down in Adelaide called Flinders University, and it was an en engineering building, which was very interesting because um, it had a lot of different spaces in it, which meant that I had to think about what those various spaces would be used for and then figure out what the criteria should be for those spaces um, and you have to use a lot of imagination a lot of the time because these are spaces that don't exist in in every day like you don't come across them every day um, I think we had one room that was a cadaver room which had a bandsaw in it I was like what is that space for but um, you know considering what these spaces are actually being used for and interpreting it into some proper criteria for the space um, I find that very interesting um, and and also that building also had a lot of um, sensitive equipment in it and measurement equipment so we had to do some vibration analysis for that building to ensure that some of the vibration uh, generating equipment wasn't affecting the vibration sensitive equipment so an MRI machine affecting you know um, electron microscopes and that kind of thing so it was quite 
quite an interesting job. Was it was it affecting? No. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. What's one thing about the future that's exciting you? I mean, maybe that's smart mobility or something like yeah. that. You know. Yeah, um, smart mobility is definitely my my number one exciting exciting thing. Um, coming in with um, you know autonomous vehicles and the like that. I don't like driving. I'd love to car drive me around, um, and and that I find really exciting. I find exciting the idea that we um, that this is actually coming in very quickly. Actually, when I did my engineering degree, specialising in mechatronics, um, my final year paper had a element of um, of uh, autonomous vehicles to it as well. So it's always been something that's interested me, and um, just seeing how that sort of developed and come on so quickly. Like compared to the kind of level of stuff we were doing back then, and now it's actual real cars that are doing this kind of stuff. It's very cool. This episode of the Future Cities podcast is proudly supported by WSP Opus, creating what matters for future generations.